back in a big way. It's the State of Combat podcast on CBS Sports with the Brian Campbell. And it is back with the boxing edition. All box, all the time. A gift to the people. Back with another big one this week. We got big interviews. We got big breakdowns of all things Tyson Fury's wild return against Know His Name Now, Oto Valin. Break down how the lineal heavyweight champion had to walk the tightrope. Some big performances over the weekend, including Devin Haney. We will look ahead to find out whether Rafe Books cares about arguably the loneliest weekend in boxing history. Didn't we just say that? And we got a pair of good interviews. September 28th, of course, is the Porter Spence pay-per-view on Fox. But that co-main has the potential to be dynamic. We've got chats with super middleweight title holder Anthony Durrell, the dog, and former champ David Benavides live on the set there of PBC Face to Face, a service I have and host. Rafe, though, has never seen it. All right, let's bring in the big ginge right now. He's a TV star. He's a book star. He's currently covering boxing on The Athletic. He might be a ginger. It's Rafe Boogs. You lick you up. Gonna lick you down. Let me I'll even lick your cuts. Boom, boom, boom. I stole your line for you, Rafe Boogs. How is it over there on in uh, Detroit? <laughs> Things are are looking real good out here, you know the the corned beef egg rolls every day. I'm I'm living it up. All right, all right, brother. Um, good things going on. Good times indeed. Uh, you fired up at all about that Darrell Benavides fight? I feel like that's a good ass pay per view co main in 2019. Is 2019, are we just going to, is that because 2019 is the worst year in the history of boxing? Because if it's no, not, no, then it say, probably isn't a great co-main for anything. All right. Is it a, is it a fight you want to see? Yes. You don't care about that fight at all? I care about it because David Benavidez can get his belt back and go back to doing what he ought to be doing with his career, which is fighting better super middleweights. Okay. All right. Uh, Anthony Durrell, by the way, Rafe, only has one defeat. The dog is a champ. Said, yeah, who did he beat for that? He survived that my belt? famous Turk. I it was my boy Avani Yildirim. Yes, my fa- is he's not Turkish, is he? Yeah, you yeah, bet yeah. he is. Yeah, Turkish superstar. Uh, I F your wife <laughs> in your bed. <laughs> Mike Tyson, baby. Mike Tyson. I like Mike Tyson. I like your wife. Okay, uh, that is that. I'm interested in that fight. Looking forward to talking to those blokes Indeed. Uh, Rafe, uh, how's the athletic, bro? Should I be looking out for anything? You should be looking out for everything, Brian. Er- there's a first time for everything. You know, I, I, as much as I watch PVC face-to-face, that's how much you need to be on the athletic, devouring every word. Um, I've I'm, I'm, I'm got a story coming out hopefully later this week. Looking at referees and when they decide to throw hang on hang up the gloves they don't really have glow they have gloves but they're not boxing gloves in any case just sort of the the career arcs of referees got to talk to some of our our favorites in the game uh i won't i won't let them all out but you know double s is in there steve smoger dropping gems wisdom stories everything did he do the interview with his purple latex gloves on (laughs) he look i every time 
it seems every time I interview Steve Smoker, he is somewhere on the Jersey Shore enjoying the beach. And he's like, oh, the sun was great today, Rafe. I was just loving life right now. It's good for him. He's a Hall of Famer. Hanging out by the hot dog truck. We know it. You know, we understand what you're doing by the hot dog truck. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. You know, that's it. Why don't we pause, Rafe? Why don't we pause for the cause before we give this big bang back at you and hear a word from our friends and sponsors? Dig it. And we're back. BC, Rafe to the Bugs. All things Boxeo, Rafe. Cannot, Rafe, to read your uh, your ref piece on The Athletic. Who's your favorite ref these days? Are you allowed to say that, or are you too close to home after talking to these blokes? Because me, I'm a Michael Griffin guy till we die, the Montreal uh, bar owner. And uh, is he allowed? Is he, is he involved in um, hijinks, or was that his extended family? In the underworld? Yes. His, when you read up on him, it seems like he comes from a, 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 a family that's been in the bar business for a long time. That is not really the underworld per se. Yeah, you grew you up just, in a bar, Rafe. What am I talking you, about? You see things here and there. So, you know, you, you might you might know a guy who knows a guy is all it is. All right. He's um, a very good referee, though, Michael Griffin. Bro, uh, he's very good. Very good. Come on, Brian. You're really going to rank anybody over Steve Willis at this day? That is a good ass point. Steve uh, Steve Willis, 316. I used to have his sound all over this damn board. Uh, is he, you think he's a great referee underneath the entertainment, the social media activity? I think he's a very good referee. He hasn't had some signature fight, but referees kind of don't want signature fights. Other than, say, what, Steve Smoger in Pavlik Taylor or Taylor Pavlik or Frank Cappuccino in Gotti Ward 1, <laughs> you know, that's a no-no. I don't know. Fight ain't over. It ain't over. Um, other than those, often a signature fight is, is it something went hideously wrong and everyone, you know, like Jay Nady's signature fight is, uh, is Zab Judah and Kostya Zoo. Yeah. Uh, when I say Russell Moore, you, you say. Oh man, there's too many. Too many oh, to come no, up come with. Oh no, come on. There's, there's a Abner, the low, the, that's not a, you know. Uh, it's not a blow blow, Brian. It's, it's Abner. That's not 48 blow blows. Really, it's it was not. It's a good punch. Was that a Becco? No, that was yes. the, uh, that was? All right, all right. Becco got screwed there. Uh, yeah. There, look, there's, there's. I like that ref, that little guy, the Puerto Rican guy. He kind of glides along the ring. The ring. He kind of looks like uh, Mini Me. You know what I'm talking about? Are you talk? I don't. What? What state? Uh, You're not talking about my man with the with the the hip issue. Yeah, yeah. You? He might have CP or like a hip thing going on. Like, I'm hip to him. You are you're hip to that? Yeah. Um yeah, I I, I always forget his name too. He's got a funky <laughs> rhythm to his walk. He's Almost, a DMV area ref. Yeah, yeah. He's you know and then of course the man in the black hat, one of my favorite officials that have ever been a part of a DMV fight, which was Con Peterson. Isn't that weird by the way? Well this show is off the rails, but isn't that weird that that Peterson failed that test afterwards for steroids? But it's still a loss to Con, where any other time that happens it's a no contest, right? Somebody's got to overturn it for it to become a no contest. And I don't well, know. Just like, oh, con, who cares, right? Yeah. yeah. Ah. All right. He puts the con in contest. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get into it this week, Rafe. And uh, the highest profile fight without question was the lineal heavyweight champ, Tyson Fury, back to prove that all fat people can fight, Rafe. And, uh, it was a wild night there in Vegas. 
you roll the dice anytime you get in the ring, specifically at that heavyweight division. We didn't know who Otto Valin was and what he would look like. Turns out he has somewhat of a career night, but the story is that left hand in round three that opened up a monster cut above Fury's right eye on the brow. A subsequent headbutt opens up a just as bad cut on the eyelid, and suddenly he is on the verge of tiptoeing hell, and it's not hell of a KO. It's hell of we may stop this fight by TKO, and uh, ultimately it comes down to this. Fury gutted it out. It was a fun-ass fight. There's a lot of wild stuff to talk about. But Rafe, dis- despair was there. I mean, it was it was go time, and we had to find out who that Gypsy King really was. Yeah, and, you know, this is one thing you cannot take away from Tyson Fury, one thing that he has proven a few different times in different ways is that on top of all of the showmanship on top of all of the panache in the ring on top of the real legit skill that that he brings and the the size issues and everything that makes him a unique in some people's eyes historical heavyweight he's also a a guy who who knows how to win who when things go left when he's in trouble when he gets floored by Deontay Wilder in the 12th round of a fight he's winning going away when when his eye opens up another eye all of those things that guy buckles down bites down and figures out ways to 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 gut out fights and that it, that may be a more important skill or not skill quality whatever it is that may be more important than all of his other talents combined let's talk boxing let's talk tyson fury that's why I, what I kind of liked about this fight. So it was a oh, – you could easily get salty here, Rafe, and go, well, that's what you get for this kind of matchmaking, right? Like Otto Walling, what are we talking about here? And yet he really had to show something. Every interview, Rafe, it's I'm a fighting man. I'll never jack. I'm bred to do this. I'm going to fight till I die. That's all I know how. You heard him last week on this show drop a million F-words and basically just say, I F people up. That's what I do. But when you hear that from a guy who's a loudmouth and a guy who has a scientific style, who's looking to outslick you, not not jack you up, it doesn't always hit home. Yeah, Fury had a chance to get up twice against Wilder. It was heroic. But Rafe, it doesn't always scream, I'm this blood and guts warrior. Once in a while, though, you got to show it. And he kind of, you know, took the wrong step and got caught in the, the quicksand and had to show it. And I'm not sure this is a negative moving forward, Rafe, because nobody wants 50, 40 uh, stitches on each cut five months out from a Deontay Wilder rematch. But is there something good to be gained for having to show, seek and destroy tendencies, having to use a size, having to do all these wild card intangible things because the fight didn't go his way? How is that going to hurt him preparing for Wilder a second time or fighting Joshua or fighting Usyk? Well, that's not going to hurt him in any way. Look, Tyson Fury, I think, probably knows that that is in him or is confident that it is in him. Now, does it help the people who are looking at it as a positive, as as an example of his resolve and, and ability to gut out fights, find ways to win when things are going against him? 
yeah, it helps his reputation. It's pos- it's positive for that part of his historical rec- record, for his legacy, you could even say. He probably feels like, look, I, I was that guy, whether, whether I knocked Otto Valin out in well, the first round or, or had to go through hell with him like he did. But what it, it happened and he made it through and it wasn't look it's not just a it's not just a wilder fight where he's showed some some serious backbone stevie cunningham put him face first almost on the ground in Good the gar point. in the garden and he got up and and basically did what he did to valin and it was incredible that he could make valin a guy who's a lot bigger than former cruiser cruiserweight steve cunningham look as small as fury made valin look when he just leaned on him got sloppy with him fought we really fought pretty well inside or definitely outfought him inside in the middle of getting sloppy put all kinds of hair and sweat and blood all over his body smelled his musk i mean that version of fury i, I want to get crazy here brian talk me down from this ledge part of me thinks that is the ideal or most dangerous version of tyson fury yes. not not the not the flashy flash, not the guy who outboxes you. He can do that. He can do that to some opponents. But the guy who just uses that size and that will and just leans all of that disgusting 256 pounds <laughs> of man and sweat and hair and blood on you and won't let Smothers your punches is crafty enough inside to get some off on you, but almost just beats you by tiring you out with the with the force of his big old body. Look, we've never seen him do that Klitschko style, that, like, let me use the actual size and strength I have to wear you down. It's, it's, it's adds extra uh, wrinkles to what he can do in there, potentially, Rafe. Because if he's ever going to have to fight, and I mean fight, it may be against Wilder, right? Like, almost lost in him getting up in that 12th round was how he started walking Wilder down and looked like it was fight or flight. I got to try to get you out of there before you get me out of there. You know what's most likely to happen in a rematch with Wilder, whether he wins or loses? I think Wilder fighting better, more assertive, and going for it. So if Fury gets knocked down again and has to get up or has to fight out of being hurt for survival, I feel like this was almost a good public test in the kind of practice you can't get in the gym you can't get effing around because there's a cut that may, could make the fight stopped at any point. So you have to go for it. If he can nix some of that desperation at the right times in with, and I, when I say desperation, I mean aggression, really. Mixed with the sli- the style and slickness that he has, Rafe. Man, this really could be the Fury era. I know last week he didn't want to talk about that. I know some people are somehow still not ranking him number one pound for pound among the heavyweights from what we've seen. This is another notch on the belt, though, in a weird way, in a fight that shouldn't have happened, that shouldn't have been this wild. I mean, that could you you saw Bud Crawford's tweet. You could have stopped that that fight at any point in that second half. Oh, I mean, I well, let's let's just let's just take that statement and think about it for a minute. Would you agree that that's that fight gets stopped with pretty much any other fighter suffering that cut? There were two points in the fight. I think yes. I think overall, the cut man actually did a tremendous job. And Fury was able to sort of keep Valin away at times from opening it back up. Although Valin was like, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Because he stuck the thumb of his glove right in that hole. 
right in front of Tony Weeks' face. Like, not even, like, B-Hop style, I'm going to hide my body. <laughs> it was in the you. middle of a break. They it was like, and he still yeah. reached out. It was like, oh, let me just jump. Let me get a little bit more. I mean, I don't like that. A lot of people loved it because it's, uh, you know. Tyson, you got a little thing right over there. Let me help you out. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, they certainly let him go in those two moments I'm referencing. And one was the 12th round when he got legitimately rocked twice. And I thought the fight could be over at any point because the cut opened up again big time and his face was covered. Mm. And I and I think there were initially, maybe in the in the round or two after the cut opened up for the first time, where he's just covered in blood. And you're like, I don't know. That doctor, I've seen less get stopped. So, yeah, but it's the unbeaten lineal heavyweight champion with so much at stake here. I'd rather them give him that chance. Well, and, and in this case, Brian, it it actually, we saw it play out and saw proof that the officials made the right decision. The fight reached its natural conclusion. It went 12 rounds. Fury came back and won pretty much the entire back half of the fight, except that 12th round where he was rocked and in trouble. And while you could question that decision and say that, yeah, we've seen fights get stopped over lesser cuts, this was one where... The guy, yes, of course it made a difference that this was the champion with a lot riding on him coming out of this fight financially for his promoter, who is based in Las Vegas, uh, and and the, just all of the money that's still on the table in the heavyweight division that everyone in boxing wants a piece of. So yeah, that's a factor. But also, Fury went out and never he he of course the cut was affecting him. Of course the blood was affecting his vision. But he did enough to, to at first, stay competitive, not totally lose his bearings in the fight, and then came back and basically took it over with the, the mauling, sloppy style. Um, and you can't really argue with that. I mean, he, he never, you know, the fight didn't slip away from him. If, if, if he had that cut and you could see it's affecting him and you could see he's losing from there, things start going downhill, it's snowballing, I bet they stop it cut or for whatever you know maybe for the cut but because of the way fury responded i think that buys him more more leeway from tony weeks and the doctors and everyone tony weeks with a great hair part as always tony weeks a pretty damn solid historic referee rave he let floyd madonna one be fun he did he did he so much so that Floyd made sure Kenny Bayless was coming back <laughs> for that rematch. Let me get my caddy, yeah. But, uh, I mean, obviously, well, you know, Tony Weeks' moment is, is Corrales Castillo, but uh, I love the, I love his work. I love I love your daddy, uh, so let's get it on. All right. Um, were you over ESPN'd at all in this one? We talked like crazy the first time around. I thought, I thought they were pretty damn annoying this time, but they took steps back at least. They, they didn't butter my bagel every possible second rate. Yeah, I I was not I didn't feel as bombarded with uh, lineal heavyweight whatever being thrown around, and well, you know what? Also, there was more to call. There was a real fight to call. There was real action to call. There was they, there was not the need to come up to sell the. Then here is Fury doing another amazing thing that only Tyson Fury can do. That's like, pretty good impression. That bro. that. That was on. They just touch gloves. Why are they touching gloves again? Um, they they didn't they didn't need to do that. There was real drama to to describe and explain. And so I think, look, during slow fights, I, I sometimes the broadcasters just gotta make stuff up or hit on narratives, themes, storylines, sell junk. 
that's life. But this was a very dramatic fight because of the cut, and they called it. I wasn't that mad. I wasn't mad about it. Why was uh, Joseph Parker, the recently signed top-ranked heavyweight, dancing with Fury in the locker room before the fight? Are they bros? They are bros, yes. Um, if you recall, before Parker and AJ fought, AJ, AJ, AJ fought, AJ. Yeah. Yeah, AJ. Uh, Where did they fight? They fought uh... big. Big Tyson Fury. That I believe was in uh, was in Belfast or Cardiff. That is the birthplace uh, <laughs> of AJ. They did not. They did not fight in the birthplace of AJ. I'm a boxing uh, fan. Sit next to me at the airport. Yes. Okay. You know that's not the right. You. Yeah. I know you know that that is not the right sound drop. It, well, it did exist. Uh, you know, we do. We do. We did. You know. I like you. I like sex. It's nice. Um. So Fury was out there for the AJ and Parker fight, and he was broing out with Parker beforehand, and that was back when Fury was still like extra large and in charge, and that's when they kind of became friends and then trained together a little bit, and yeah, they they they're 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 tight. I don't know. All right, all right, I won't jack from that. So it's survive in advance for Fury. What is the um, medical that he's gonna have to face? The suspension that he's gonna face because he's contracted. To fight Wilder, the rematch in February. Wilder, of course, is is probably going to fight Luis Ortiz in a rematch in November. Although, can we announce that fight already, people? Can we get that together? Can we make that announcement happen? Come on, Uncle Al. But uh, I want to see that one. What are your What do you? Where was I going with this? Uh, so the the suspension. Medical so suspension. Fury got, and it's not it's not a. There's nothing unusual about it. It is the standard Nevada Athletic Commission suspension. So he has he's out until November 14th. And is supposed to avoid any kind of contact until October 30th. Um, Scar tissue is going to be there, though. I mean, that's a legitimate right. ass cut. That, I, that, that's a huge cut. That's the biggest cut we've seen in a long time in a dangerous place. Do you? I could see that push. I could see that affecting the timing of Fury and Wilder. Of course, there's a lot of things that could could affect the timing of Fury and Wilder, Brian. Andy Ruiz beating AJ again could affect the timing of Fury and Wilder. And I know it is how hilarious is it to hear Tyson Fury, a man who I have no doubt would wipe his butthole with a contract if he felt like it. Wouldn't care two ways. Say, oh, I got the papers on Deontay Wilder. He has to fight me when I say, get the F out of here. Yeah, remember how many times this year have people claimed, oh, I have paper on Canelo. He's fighting on this date. I know who he's fighting too. Oh, I have paper on Andy Ruiz. He's deaf. He has to do whatever we say he does for this amount of money. How often does that work out? It doesn't. So a deal will be made. Lawsuits will be avoided. But certain thing the details tend to change so between the uncertainty of the the fact that Deontay Wilder seems less interested in facing Tyson Fury next if he has a chance to unify all the belts against the winner of Ruiz and AJ and Tyson Fury also has a, a hole above his eye the size of like an air hockey puck these issues might cause February 22nd to be not the date. Don't say that, Rafe. All right? Don't say that. I want that to be the date. I love that heavyweights. Like, even though this fight was supposed to stink, it turned out to be really fun, the Valine fight. And it just made you – it just reminded you, like, come on, people. Get it together. Let's get the best facing the best. Like, 
it's just so much more damn fun, Rafe. I love it. I need it. Uh, John Fury had to be heard after this, Rafe. All right? The pops, the dad. We know how it gets down. I'm treated, and he ain't. You uh, know how men do tested. it. Okay, okay. Thank you, John. Um, He'll never jack. He won't back up. He'll be there till he can't breathe, Rafe. And he says, uh, my boy was soft, not in shape. He went on to essentially rip the, the extended team. And Ben David said he basically said. as a kitten, should, I saw, was one of his quotes. He basically said uh, they should finish being uh, as part of his son's team. And, um... Do you at least, and Ben Davidson came back publicly and, and sort of calmly put him down, but do you understand some of where he's coming from? Because I didn't think, even though Fury gutted it out and he got rocked and, and was exhausted late in the 12th, I didn't think that was the best version of him in terms of being in shape by any means. I can't see him taking it as seriously as he would Wilder under any circumstances. Well... Then you got, then you're questioning the entire Tyson Fury narrative, right? Because he's out here talking about how he's training every day, no matter what, was going to spar before the fight because it's just all his entire life is devoted to training and fitness now and all this stuff. I mean, and also to, 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 if you looked at the, uh, the John Fury quote, he actually thought that Tyson should have come in heavier said that he's a 19 stone fighter not a 18 whatever that i don't know the stones whatever the heck I get, but he wanted him to Rolling be heavier stones? yeah um so that which is sort of the opposite of what you're saying in in that he still looks you know he still got that spare he's still got a lot of jiggle on him which is i mean for the amount of weight he lost he may always have some jiggle on him as no matter how good his stamina and cardio and physical strength gets he he probably guy that big who's lost that much weight probably is never going to have a, a body like Deontay Wilder or Anthony Joshua at this point um but so the John Fury criticism didn't didn't make a ton of sense on its face I, it's too hard to say uh, Fury didn't look great early it almost took all of the danger in that fight to force him into something in, into going out and doing something to win it because he was doing it just seemed like a, a a sort of lackluster impersonation of slick Tyson Fury in the first 3 rounds where you know he's boxing and moving a little bit but wasn't 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 dazzling and also wasn't really shutting Valine down so he didn't look great early in the fight i don't know what to attribute that to i think it's it's the cut, I, man. I would, it's the cut. He would have needed time to really do the Floyd and, and pick out what Valine does and pick him apart. And then once he solved the case, he could let his hands go a little more, do the Ollie shuffle, all that stuff. That's probably true. Um, but as far as Fury's team and Ben Davison, his trainer, all of that business, he if, if these guys have gotten him back from the brink of – self-destruction in figured in every in every figurative and literal sense of the word and have gotten him back to this level i think they deserve the benefit of the doubt because the guy is back at a championship level and hopefully we'll get another chance to fight for a championship in the next year so and and on on top of that there 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 i remember hearing rumors that john fury was upset they rushed uh, Tyson Fury into the Wilder fight last year. The, even, and yeah, it worked out. He probably does. I think he deserved to win that fight. It was a draw. It was dramatic. It, it 
It was another huge moment for this heavyweight division. But Fury, the father, still thought, eh, it's a little too soon. We shouldn't, we shouldn't have done that. And so he's still got some lingering beef over that. I think this is just a continuation of that. And he's pro- and, and, and because of that, maybe he's cut out of the picture a little bit and he might, he might just be popping off whenever he gets a chance now because he, he, he's pissed off. Yeah. He's not part of, he's, yeah, yeah, exactly. And he'll take a man's eyeball out just if they look at him wrong, Rafe, because that's what he does. All right. That's how men do. That's how men roll. Uh, I still think Wilder Fury 2 is the best heavyweight fight you can make. Like it's, it's, you know, Joshua losing means, Joshua Wilder, which was probably number one before that in terms of the most intrigue, the best fight, all that stuff. Uh, you could make a hipster argument that, like, Usyk Wilder right now might really be. But, you know, because you just don't know what it would look like. You'd want to see it, you know? But um, I'm still down on Fury Wilder being the biggest thing, and I need it next. Let's do it. All right. That's it. That's all I got on Fury. You got anything else? No, it's fine. All right. Uh, there was, was there anything else in that card worth talking about? Oh, the, the, the Jose Super Bowl with... Uh, Lenar has in our boy, uh, sexy Sergio Light here, which is a uh, Jose Zapata. Did you, did you call Jose Pedraza Jose Linares? Uh, they've become the same fighter in my mind. Both gave Lova. How dare you? Both gave Lova a tough test. Uh, no, I, I love me some Jose Zapata. Was that fight fun? I didn't feel like people were enjoying it on Twitter as much as I was. I really enjoyed that fight. It was not a thrilling fight, but it was, there was action. Jose Zapata, man. That guy is, that guy's pretty good. He's not. He, that was not just him fighting over his head one night in Fresno. He looked damn good. Pedraza did not look very good. Whether it was moving up to 140 or or just, I don't know what. But but Zepeda, man, he he took that fight. Good for him. That was a big win. He needed that. Uh, that all right. You brought up ESPN commentary before then. I thought they honed in a little bit too much on the narrative of Jose Zepeda admitting to them in the fighter meetings that he doubted himself. And that, and, and, and that was part of the reason why the story, he faded man. that he faded in the Ramirez fight nah, nah. that, and then like throughout he's, he was winning this fight going like pretty much clearly. I mean, besides a couple rounds in the second half of the fight where Pedraza looked like he might come back, but then he didn't continue. It was just nonstop. Well, he doesn't. I don't believe that he believes in himself. Yeah, I don't know. I ain't a. I ain't a goddamn psychiatrist, guys. Let's just see what these he's doing in the ring. All right, all right. I'm with you on that. Uh, I always think of about Zapata that he's going to probably lose his close his biggest fights, Rafe, because he just won't throw enough. He'll be landing the the clean, good counter shots yeah. and look good, but won't do enough. Like the first Ramirez fight. Well, he thinks he can get a second chance at it. He thinks this win could could kind of lift him up there to a chance at a rematch, given that the first one was very, not controversial, but disputed would probably be the right word. So you see that next for him? Or just, I mean, Jose Ramirez is kind of on the outside looking in on what's going on for the moment well, in this WBSS final. So who's in Ramirez's Jose future? Ramirez does have a couple of mandatories due, and it sounded like the first one coming up would be the WBC, I think, which is... Our guy, the one and only Iceman, Victor Postol. Oh, I love uh, Mason Victor Postol. I like that fight. I don't mind if they do that fight. He, Jack Catterall, the UK bloke, is also supposed to have a mandatory shot at uh, Jose Ramirez. But it, it sounded like they were headed towards the Postol fight first. Now, if for whatever reason, those mandatories don't happen immediately. Uh, yeah, why not bring let let them run it back with Zepeda? Yeah, I I wouldn't mind seeing that again, and 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 just keep him in the mix, right? 
140 all of a sudden is pretty hot. Yeah, hot indeed. I'm going to make you my girlfriend. Uh, Rafe, you want, let's talk to Devin Haney now. You ready? I got things to say. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm dreaming. DAZN star Devin Haney picks up an interim WBC lightweight title that effectively makes him the number one contender for, for Vasily Lomachenko. And another step forward in the, oh crap, this is the guy you really need to see. Rafe, I want to talk comparisons. Because when Haney was first making showbox appearances, people were like, man, we got another Mayweather on our hands. And you hear that and you just, you, you, you cringe, right? Like, we've been down this road with AB. I don't, I don't need the new, I don't need the new uh, Mayweather right now. I don't need the new pressure on anybody to be the new Mayweather. But the more you read his backstory, and I read that piece that your colleague Mike Coppinger wrote for The uh, Athletic, and you realize, I didn't even realize he was fighting pro fights at 17 and Tijuana bars. I didn't realize that there was such a plan in terms of getting him in front of all the big trainers on his amateur rise, learning the shoulder roll from Floyd Sr. The comparison here is LeBron. At 18, he looked like he could take on the world, that he did not have a flaw in the NBA. He was just ready. Rafe, I see a guy who's just friggin' ready, and he has the right mindset, the right confidence, the right... He's got the right everything, and his jab is insane, and I wanted to not be this guy who goes crazy for a prospect, but man, this guy seems to have it, Rafe. That it, all of it, the intangibles, everything. So from this point forward, I'm I, I'm in where I belong, the front seat of this journey, because I want to see where this what this like. Nobody was talking about him enough, and I wasn't letting them. And then when they started, I was like, no, nah, no, nah, back off. Now, now I'm going to be on the front line. All right, I love me some Devin Haney, Rafe. I mean, wow. Thank you, thank you, man. I'm I'm glad Campbell got the score right. Yeah, finally, finally. I feel I feel like I I wasn't hearing Jimmy. I wouldn't allow myself. I was only listening, Rafe. Well, uh, to be fair, there the the level of competition prior to this, some of the a couple of those showbox fights, even dare I say, beating Mason, <laughs> Rockhard, <laughs> Mighty Bernard. Uh, you know, it's fair to take a wait and see approach with some of those wins. Well, what a, you're kind of now there will always be a temptation, especially for us in the media, to jump on as early as possible because whenever that lottery ticket hits, you get to be the person who is like, I was in from day one. I could tell the way he hit. Rock hard, mighty Mason Menard, <laughs> save big money at Menards with a jab that he was the guy. But anyone who says that is lying. They're full of S. And so anyway, some skepticism. That's fine. I'm glad you're on board. Yeah. The thing that strikes me about Devin Haney is he, and you nailed it, he looks like a complete fighter right now. He doesn't look like a hot sizzling prospect like, oh man, this guy could be special. Yeah, no, like, no, no. Te- like Teofimo is doing, Teofimo right. Lopez Jr. is doing Roy Jones type things at times, and we're like, oh crap. But you don't, you don't look at him as, as five tooled. Right. Exactly. Haney looks like that, like, yeah, that, that he is a, com- like, nearly a complete fighter. And it's amazing. And, and which is incredible about that is he could, he's young enough that he could keep getting better with experience, with everything else that as he gets stronger, grows into that man strength, all of that stuff. It's going to be, I want to see every step of it. And, and yes, it's crazy that a lot of people watched him fight Zawur 
Abdulayev on Friday night in the old felt forum at the Garden and immediately were like, yeah, I'd take him over Loma. But you know what? <laughs> I'd take him over Harry Graff. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, right? You know what? That's how good he looks. And he looks like a better you, – you, you see him and you're like, yeah, well, you know, he probably has a, a better shot than than Cousin Luke did. I don't mind saying I – mean, you know, sometimes you got to trust or at least put a little faith in what – in in the the amazing talent that a guy like that displays now he's got a lot of proving left to do and when the time is right he will do it against whoever those opponents end up being but man yeah he's 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 he is he's living up to everything they say about him and- i'm so feel i mean watching it like just that jab like the little things just the way he sticks that jab it makes a sound in the same way like when you see a uh, jacked high school baseball player who's probably going to get drafted and you hear the ping off the bat, Rafe, and it's just different. There's certain moments like that in sports or, or whatever where when you hear him hit that jab and the speed and the angles, it's like even something as foundational as that. He's just – he's nailing it, Rafe. He's nailing yep. it. That short right counter right hand is just – is uh, short right counter right hand is is – a thing of beauty. Uh, so to and, hear to hear more of the backstory when you find out, I didn't know he was sparring with Floyd at 18 to set up the McGregor fight. I didn't know that way years earlier, his dad kept bringing him to the gym over and over to sort of model Floyd. So I, in that sense, right guy to model, obviously. I mean, to, in terms of being a professional, treating your body well, and compartmental, the compartmentality of, of Kobe Bryant, every tiny possible skill and just banging it over and over. Rafe, just bang that thing. Like, we're not I mean, banging sometimes him. Sometimes you want to bang him. You bang him a little bit. I mean, we're not banging him. Uh, yeah, so I don't mean to sit here and suddenly go zero to 60 on Devin and just drool on him, but uh, I'm dreaming. And what a pickup for DeZone and Eddie Hearn. I don't think we say that enough now, Rafe, especially for DeZone, because this guy at Al Heyman and Floyd and PBC all after him, this guy at Top Rank all after him, and he chose the road of most money, hashtag earn with Hearn, but the, avil- the ability also to do the fighter promoter thing, which, you know, works for Floyd. Does it work for anybody else, by the way? I mean, Triple G promotions is kind of a thing. MP promotions, Miguel Cotto promotions. Uh, well. Jason Litzow I, promotions. It depends on what you what you mean by does it work. Are any of those outfits rivaling top rank or – you know, or or uh, content provider, not promoter, premier boxing champions, or they sound like uh, Golden Boy, yeah. or Matchroom, or any of those. Are they ma- are they rivaling those as the top, you know, promotional outfits in the game? No, but I'm sure they get a little bit of extra money out of it when they fight, or they sign fighters and promoters who want to work with them co-promote their fighters and they get a little bit of extra money out it's it's they make so there's nothing wrong with having it assuming it doesn't take uh time and and concentration away from their main careers in the ring which it does you know you you hire yourself an lrb and you're good baby um and um one thing about devin haney though i i i encourage you to look up um, an interview last week he did with Fight Hub, Marcos Viejas, the, the, the journalist, journalist, the journalist, the journalist okay, yes. Marco, did, did a fantastic job. Um, and Marcos Viejas <laughs> has done a spectacular job. Get it right, right. The journalist. The journalist. Thank you. Oh, the journalist. The journalist. Um, no, Marcos Viejas. <laughs> I can't even say his name normal now because of. Dwyer, Sergi Marcos Villas, uh, was interviewing Dev Haney on Fight Hub. 
and they got to talking about Lomachenko and the way that Haney talked about it was eye-opening because he didn't go into bluster. He didn't do the Teofimo thing. He didn't do what a lot of brash, talented, soon-to-be great young fighters do, which is like, oh, I don't care. I'll, I'll whoever put him in front of me. I'm going to beat his ass, blah, 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 blah. No, he he was super, super thoughtful about it. He's like, look, I'm not going to say that he's bad, like that I, I think it's an easy night for me because – He's people are looking at him like he's a great fighter and he's proven it. But I want that fight. And if I took it, I think I can do some things in there. And he hasn't faced someone quite like me, just like I haven't faced someone quite like him. Just the way the confidence was real. And it was not it, there was he didn't it was not overstated. And it was just it, it made you believe in him like, oh, this guy is yeah. real, real special. I love the. Tra- the way he delivered the trash talk, I guess is the best way to say it, in, in calling him Nomachenko afterwards, which could come off cheesy if you don't do it right. But he's like, I'll call you Nomachenko because I know you won't fight me. And to see him at the press conference kind of calling out Egas too and being like, you know, your boy's not going to fight me. Like, I, I love it. I love that confidence. The best way, Rafe, in a bloated and segregated boxing landscape of every promoter being tied to a big network to make the fights we need to see is one, become big enough to where the networks have to work together, or two, go that mandatory route. And we know Loma's trying to be a belt collector, and I know that Top Rank wants him to face the winner of Richard Comey December 14th against Teo. But, man, I don't see Loma giving up the belt to avoid this. I I feel like we could make this happen. Like, And that's the thing. Like, We already look at Loma as being the brilliant pound-for-pound king who is slightly over his head at 135, and that's kind of what adds to the entertainment because he's doing such brilliant stuff. And we've already seen him hit his limit against the Linares' cousin Luke's and uh, and Pedraza. So I can't even imagine, Rafe. I can't even imagine how good a Devin Haney-Loma fight could be. Because well, whoever, Brian, whoever it is now, I think is the time. I think the time is right that we could actually, we're not totally just kidding ourselves, hoping that some of the, some of the fights like this get made in the next year or two, because Lomachenko is that fighter who is sig- singularly, or not singularly, but extremely conscious of his legacy. He wants to build that legacy. And he wants to do it by unifying a division where he's too small to really even be there in lightweight. And yet he's he's three belts out of four there with a good shot at getting the fourth next year. On top of that, he's – I think after that, because there still won't be – there arguably won't be that huge marquee name, although the Rigandio – I mean if, if – if, Rigo hadn't looked like that in that fight. That would have been the name. That would have been the that would that deserves to be a legacy fight, even though it was kind of like a crap wash of a fight. Um, but anyway, he's gonna he as long as Lomachenko is fighting, he's gonna look for for those kind of challenges. And now is the best time for him to want them too. If Lomachenko has plans in his life of fighting Devin Haney, Teo, Devin Haney, De, Teofimo Lopez. Gervonta Davis, any of these good uh, Naoya Inoue, who Bob is throwing out there out of nowhere, fine if they want to go down for that. If he has those legacy names in mind, get them now while he's still 31, 32 at the tail end of his prime and before those guys really get into their primes because they're all early 20s or, or in Inoue's case, 26. 
Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, it's going to be wild because I almost feel like, hey, Loma, like there's so many studs out there. If you got any doubt, go go back down now. Go back down now because because Tank just moved. Who's your favorite? Who's your fa- who out of all of those fights out of uh, or, or any that I haven't mentioned? What's the one? I mean, is, is Mikey still the fight that you want most? See, Mikey's brand just you know got pulled down just a little by doing by losing so badly to Spence at 47. Took a big chance, all that. Where I almost wonder if he can get back down to 35 and be that guy again. The old version. Don't fall in love with the guy who does this. That guy probably. But now the idea of Haney and Loma is just like what would happen if if like I'm I'm imagining Loma hitting his ceiling against a guy this talented in one package and he's big for 35. Like that could be a long night, dude. That could be a long night. It yeah, also could be it, a classic it, it, fight. But I'm just saying, like, the fact that we have the pound for pound king here and he's willing to fight everybody. And we got the young stud in Teo we needed him to see. We got Komei might come out of there for all we know, a good hand. And then you've got Haney, Gervonta moving up to 35. You got uh, the bro with Golden Boy at 40. You know, Virgil Ortiz, who's kind of around there. You got well, Mikey. he's at 147 now. Oh, is he at 47? Mikey back yeah, into he, the he picture. Yeah, he moved up for his last for, against Orozco, and he – Planning on staying there. You got Ryan Garcia around there who we'll get to more in a second. Get that but... ish out of here. <laughs> All I'm saying is there's some like. We're talking about fighters with real potential here. Rafe, there's potential era defining fights. Yeah, there's, there's potential yeah. career defining opportunities coming up. Uh, another thing, Brian, another thing. What about this? What if, what if I know that this has basically been ruled out, but I want to encourage. Egis Klimas, who I, I know for a fact is an avid state of combat listener. And I mean, I used to speak to him on Snapchat almost every day. <laughs> and, uh, I, uh, I want to encourage him and Loma's team to reconsider this, to revisit this collaboration idea that they had years ago and have backed away from because of Loma's size issues at 135. What about pulling the Canelo and going after Manny now? Cause Manny's, I know you people are going to be like, no, no, no. Oh, no, no. It's too much. It's just too much. But you know what? The weaknesses they saw in Manny a couple years ago are still there. You're saying Loma, Loma Chico, Manny? Is this what you're saying? Loma Manny. I'm saying it. Yeah. They should, they, look, they were trying. They were, they, were, they were dipping their toes in that water a couple years ago around horn time when Manny wasn't looking like the fighter he looks like today. Lomachenko could – look, man. I think – even giving up all the the size and power he'd give up in that fight, I I would not count him out of that because he's faster and fresher. Uh, it's interesting. It's it's very very interesting, Rafe. I have to think about that. All right. Can I throw? Can I? Uh, this is a. I wanted to do this after cousin Luke, and I'm sorry to take us on this short Lomachenko tangent. But there was one just mouth watering. What's it look like? I wanted to ask you about Lomachenko. And that is 135 lightweight Lomachenko. Or you know what? Maybe 130 to get closer to primes. Lomachenko at 130 pounds beating the likes of Nicholas Walters and uh, Roman Martinez. That Lomachenko against junior lightweight Juan Manuel Marquez. Wow. How much fun would that be? So junior lightweight, Marquez. Is that a second Pacquiao fight, Marquez? Yes. 2008. Mm-hmm. Got up from that sneaky knockdown, loses a split decision. He probably should have won. Uh, 
<clears throat> ah, man, that's a chess match. That's a hell of a chess match. How awesome is that? But, right? Because what, the, the one time you can, the, the best time to catch Loma is when he's, is in between shots. And who are you talking to? You're talking to Marquez, man. And this is younger Marquez. This is speedy Marquez because he's not in a, he's not, he's not in a Hulk suit. <laughs> like I'm like Tim, Tim Bradley used footwork and speed to, to, to barely get by him. But, uh, yeah, I, I do. I think, I think Vasily's wizardry would be too much, even for the perfect counterpuncher. I think that'd be, that'd be so damn fun. I don't think it'd be hellacious, but it'd be really fun. It'd be chess. It'd be really fun chess. Yeah. We're going to see some really fun fights here with Loma the rest of his career because he's not going to, they're not going to match soft. He's not going to stop trying to dare to be great, despite me talking about these monsters growing up around him. Uh, let's talk Ryan Garcia, Rafe. His fight didn't happen with Avery Sparrow because Sparrow was arrested. There was like a, there was some weird stuff going on on Twitter. Okay. For a while there. Um, in the end, man, there's a lot of miscommunication between Golden Boy and Ryan Garcia. It seems the fight doesn't happen. And did you see somewhat chubby Oscar, uh, in the Mannix interview kind of drop a big dump on Rye guy? Kind of be like, well, when I was a fighter, it wouldn't have mattered the money because I'm a fighter. I would have taken the fight. I guess they don't make them like me anymore. Rafe, he was stiff. That was stiff. That was a stiff interview there. All right. It's this. Yes. It's about the stiffness sometimes. Do I have it, that one? It, I don't know if I do, Rafe. Wow. Yeah. Don't we'll, be fooled by the stiffness. Yeah. All right. Keep it going. Sorry. I just broke the show down. There it is. Just uh, look at the stiffness. Not, wow. What a, not, it was worth it. It was worth it. Yes. Okay. He, he pumps it more than <laughs> once. Uh, Brian. <sighs> I think that it, well, so it's in, it, both both sides of this of this uh, equation, Golden Boy and Ryan Garcia seem to be sick of each other. But what what I'm interested in is will that lead to some sort of amicable or or somehow you know brokered uh, break between the two, or will Golden Boy just play hardball and be like, Nah, look, man. We, you know, you have a contract. You can fight or not fight. It's a, you know, whatever you, or you could try and go to court and see what happens. Yeah. Um, I, I hope that doesn't happen just because just that's ugly banging. for all parties. Yeah. Huh? I'm oh, sorry. I was going to say, or you could just keep banging and, and impregnating, you know, your choice. That, that may happen regardless, no matter what. I mean, look, this, this is, this, this didn't start this weekend, right? Ryan Garcia has been making noise on social media for a few months now saying that he wants to headline. He wants to be paid like a headliner that he, you know, that, that he deserves more than what Golden Boy has been giving him. Um, and Rafe is I understand. Yeah. What's is, that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Is, do you, do you think that he deserves more? I don't know, man. I mean, I get his points about, hey, I built my own brand, not you guys. You know, I got way more followers than any of you guys put together. Um, That's true, Brian. But here's the thing. Golden Boy ain't making money off of Ryan Garcia's Instagram. No, that's that's all. And Ryan Garcia isn't really bringing. I mean, yeah, he brings some girls to the to to into the arena. Uh, Here's the bottom line on it, though. Uh, His biggest fight, they'll be cashing him out. That's the reality of it. Right. Like so that so. And Golden Boy knows that deep inside, right? They have to know that he's fish on the first night of jail to the rest of these guys around these weight classes, right? To the really, really good guys, yes. Yeah, like they want him bad. Um, where would he go, though? I don't know. Oscar's talking about there's too many guys in his ear. 
telling him how business should go. Uh, where would he go? Well, his brother is fighting on PPC undercards. Oh, that seems hey. like a pretty obvious, a pretty obvious choice. All right, all right. Um, and that's it's it's really interesting thing because because influencers, people with huge and like you know like like Ryan Garcia, millions of of followers and these huge social media audiences they're extremely valuable in that world and if you want to pay them 50 grand to pose with you know your can of face lube or whatever <laughs> shout out to vo yes um then great you know that's a good way for them to make money but how many influencers really and and YouTube stars, how many of them really cross over outside of those realms? Like you don't see you don't see Danny Garcia's sisters who have I think more followers than Ryan Garcia, uh, going out and and like they they record music that they put and do shoot music videos that they put on their social media, but you don't ever hear that stuff on the radio. And like. Where do where where do these where do they break out from their social media followings and into what? So basically does this giant audience that Ryan Garcia touches, he's touching M's in followers, but how much, DMs, that, right? how much of that comes into boxing? How much of that does he really bring into boxing in a meaningful way? Or, or and that's not just a thing about boxing. It's also how do you see YouTube and and Vine stars and TikTok mother effers? Do you see them becoming actors or comedians or anything no, else? No, they pull no. their own putt at boxing press conferences, as we saw this uh, Saturday with the uh, that Logan Paul KSI garbage on. Did you see the, how awkward it got at the end of that? Did you? I, I didn't watch it. I just saw sound bites and uh, wow, what a! Dirt, I, I what plan a... on watching the whole thing, Brian. So far, I've only seen the clips. Uh, they did not do anyone a favor who wants to argue that this is going to be good for boxing. No. And uh, Devin Haney wants on that card, by the way, really bad, even though he forgot their names hilariously during that post-fight interview with Mannix. Where he's like, uh, 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 yeah, Eddie, you tell him. But yeah. All right. Enough of that. Rafe, this weekend also on DAZN. Oh, sorry. Quickly, Friday night. I like that women's fight that we saw with Heather Hardy and uh, Amanda Serrano. It went how we thought it would go. Yet, of course, Heather Hardy's showing full-on guts, just really putting out there and never quitting and coming back. But Serrano, with this win, gets Katie Taylor. There's already a contract, according to Eddie. So I'm in for that, Rafe. That could headline a zone card. I'd be down. That's a really good fight. Um, Brian, however, I got to say, it, it it might sound terrible, Brian. <laughs> Heather Hardy, I think she should finish, man. She's like every fight, she just gets the living crap beat out of her that's not <laughs> just because like it's great that she has guts oh, but i don't yeah. need to see that no more yeah here yeah here yeah those couple of those bellator fights uh had rough endings rafe but that's those that's i'm referring to those that's insane <laughs> yeah yeah like if this were uh, if this were some like semi-prominent male fighter get people would be like yo you need to stop now he wouldn't necessarily, right? She, it's her right to keep doing it, but the like nobody, nobody is like celebrating the valor of washed Brandon Rios, you know, like the husk, the husk. Yeah, uh, let's get off of that, Rafe. Okay, I mean that woman judge. You don't want. You don't want to hear some more. You don't want. You want some more good stuff, Brian. You don't want to talk about women ever on the show. Now you're uh, off the rails. Uh, it was Hami Mungia defending for the last time his 154 belt on Saturday in the zone. And Ray Patrick Alote, the Ghanaian, what a night for Ghana boxing. 
he made it a fight. And I think, look, what? it was right. He went after yeah. him. I, th- I thought he hurt uh, Mangia early, but uh, look. Well, then what happened in round three and four, B? <laughs> when he walked him down and became Jaime Mangia again, though, fun to see, Rafe. I don't want to F around with trying to be a better boxer. Just be who you are. Walk people down and bang. Yeah, he seems to have a nice beard on him, you know. Just just see how far that takes him. Try and develop a little bit of craft. Hang out with Tony Margarito. You know, go to the, go to the plaster store. I don't know. Um, don't go to the plaster store. Right. That that is a that is a no no. Get that iPad away from me. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but yes, I mean, I don't. Uh, yeah, it seems like a little kind of crazy to be like, oh yeah, we're gonna teach him all these new things. He's gonna be a much better defensive fighter. I'll believe it when I see it. Until then, he's not. He's pretty good, and maybe he'll. Maybe if he does go to 160, yes, he will be giving up some of the size, the size bully advantage that he brings in at 154. But it hasn't been serving him all that well in recent fights because he's been a little sluggish sometimes. Guys have been beating him to the punch, outquicking him. It seems like even it's affected his power a little bit against maybe Dennis Hogan. Go ahead, move up. See, see how you know. Yeah, you're you're not gonna tower over everyone They're the same way. Fights, but though. the power might come come back. I mean, there's some people in the zone we want to see him against. So this this is a good move. And don't talk bad about his trainer at any point. That's my campion, Eric Morales. I mean, it's not not Morales's fault. He just he just got him. Did you like that? I love it. No. Gracias. Gracias. Gracias, campion. Gracias. All right, uh, November second, it is happening. Canelo. Canelo, uh, are we going to have a, uh, we got to do something. Remember when that creative Canelo con fight that became Canelo rave hashtag Canelo. It was like a, uh, Jen and Ben sort of thing. It was, you know, or Jen- so you're thinking something like Kenovalev, Brangelina type type thing. Um, I think it has to be Kenovalev, right? It's your, it's actually, it's your bowl. Uh, yeah, maybe I actually I'm going to take that back. I don't want to hear this at all. Let's never have this conversation again. Uh yeah. it's it's a great fight though. It's going up against unfortunately a really good UFC card. I know you don't care about the skinhead white guys, but it's in MSG. Oh, but I care about these guys. With Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal, three piece in a soda. I mean, like that's the fight all year if you are if you are in my spot, you feel like you want to be at, but I got to pick I got to pick Canelo Rafe. Dude, what balls he has. We already talked about this, but I cannot stop from announcing it again. I don't care if you think Kovalev is washed. And you might be right. But Danny has a stick, Rafe. This is this is the big ball stuff, okay? This is bulgy, Rafe. Yeah, this is I love I, it. He he's I like it too. I like the fight. I want to see like we just we we all know how this seems like a a smart choice for Canelo to go up to 175 and try to get a title there. This is the guy that makes the most sense. Although that's the thing you never really know because some of these other guys they're younger, they're fresher, they don't they haven't been they haven't had the rough nights that Kovalev has had, and that could mean a lot of things. But rough nights in the ring for sure. Uh, but. They also ha- don't have the wins that he has. They haven't beaten the people like he has and is still doing, right? He is still dangerous. And God for not, I mean, not God forbid, but Canelo better hope that he, everything he sees is right and that he will be able to get past that jab. Because if he doesn't, uh, 
he got a problem on his hands. Yeah, you better effing get inside on him. Sergei or Sergei Kovalev. What a renaissance man Dwyer is on these pronunciations, right? If that pro-gray one he had that time was... Uh, I mean, pro-gray? Spencer's a pretty bad one on pro-gray, too, from that epic rant he had. He was definitely drunk that night. I always forget to ask him, because I feel like it'd be rude, right? Would it be rude to say, hey, Spence, were you drunk that night? But he was drunk. Yeah, yeah, it would be. It would be rude. <laughs> I wouldn't... I, how many... I that, Look... I think a lot of people would tip their hat to you, be like that. You might get the ball. You like Mikey Garcia might have to give you the ball sack of the year award to just walk up to Errol Spence and be like, "Hey, man, were you drunk? You look kind of drunk to me." Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I would ask him though, what did you tell Broner? What did you say that night when he was acting? He was kind of clowning okay. around in the middle of your interview, and you whispered something in his ear, like. Basic, like, like, I think you told him his life was going to end if he didn't get a, shut the f up, uh, and and I would, I don't think he'll answer, but that that I think would be a little easier to to broach, and maybe from there you'd be like, hey, you know, maybe you had a few too, you know, whatever. <laughs> Errors Prince by murder. Errors too big, too strong. Indeed. Uh, I've been spending too many years trying to get the real story from Errol about that Floyd sparring session. Which yeah. I still need to ask Kenny Poor. I still need to ask his data. But uh I should I should I should switch my priorities, Rafe, and what cow I'm gonna milk or try to milk in the end there. Yeah. That it's, was a, a, it's a long way from the udder to the to the to the <laughs> cup. That is utterly uh ridiculous there, Rafe. Um All right, Rafe, let's get that ridiculousness out of the way. Let's hear from a pair of a uh, very strong, very must-see 168ers, Rafe. We're going to see that September 28th, the pay-per-view co-main of Spence Porter. It is Anthony the Dog Durrell against former champion Dana, David Benavidez. Somebody may get beat by a man with those things, Rafe, but somebody's probably going to see a very good fight. Let's hear from the participants now. It begins with the dog, Anthony Durrell, the champion. Enjoy. Picture, vacant belt, yield rim. February. What happened then? Uh, I, I thought I put a whooping on him. Uh, judges thought otherwise. Close fight. In their eyes, I outlanded the guy with over 100 punches more. Uh, headbutt happened, and they had to call it a fight and go to the scorecards. What did that night show the division the rest of the world about who Anthony Durrell is? Uh, that I can dig down deep and... and fight just like anybody else you know people want to see box boxers and in, in fights and phone booths and that's where me and Abney was in a phone booth fighting and I came out victorious and and the people at 68 you know just got to be on call on watch before your last fight you were real honest with us you said I might be getting close to retirement I don't know how much longer how much did winning the title again change that uh, it changed it, uh, it changed it a lot. You know, you want to be known as one of the greats. You want to be recognized as a legend. And that, that's what this fight will do for me to put me in, in that, in that greatness category when I beat this guy on, on September 28th. Whose belt is that sitting in front of you right now? It's mine. I, I'm the champion in 168 division, 168 pound division. And, and he got to come come through me to get it, which is not going to happen. That used to be uh, your opponent's stuff. Definitely. I mean, you, you when you get caught doing something you wasn't supposed to do, you get stripped. It's no longer yours. So 
and, and I'm happy he's okay now. Uh, young ages, you make mistakes. He made a mistake. He's back from that mistake, and we're here now. You almost fought him back when he was the champion. How much has changed for the both of you since then? Since then? We're, we're both more experienced. We're both a little bit older. Uh, but I, I wouldn't say much, too much has changed. We both want to fight each other. We both want what I have still, and and he can't take it from me. Tell me about this opponent, Benavides. Who is he? He's a come forward guy. He's going to bring the pressure. He's going to he's gonna do what he thinks he needs to do to win, but on the 28th, he's going to come up short. He's been a champion before, but it's crazy. He's 22 years old. How much is experience going to play a factor? I think it plays a big, 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 big factor. Uh, I've been boxing 25 years since amateur. He's 22. So that's three more years than he's even been born. Five years before he even knew what boxing was. So I have, uh, I have a lot more experience in, in, in the mind than he does. And I think that's what, uh, what the fight. Does he know about the dog? Not yet. He will on the 28th. Can you teach a dog new tricks? Is the dog evolving? Where are we at at age thirty-four? Well, you 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 got you got to do stuff new, and it's not really new. You knew everything that you that's coming anyway. You knew that uh, I can box, I can bang, and we saw that in, in a few of my fights. Marco Antonio Rubio is one of them. I boxed him like it was nobody's business. I banged Avni Urim. Right in the pocket where he's wanted, where he wanted to be, and over and beat him. So nothing is nothing that anybody can think they say they see can see when they, when you're in that ring. It's a totally different story. What's the difference between Anthony, the father, family man, and and, and the, the dog, the two-time world champion? Uh, I'm not a dog. I'm a, I'm a family man. I'm a loving husband. I love my kids to death. I love my wife. It's I, I'm a family man. If if I don't have them, there is no me. And the dog is is just a boxing name. It's just uh, entertainment. You've thirty five pro fights. You've been a world champion two times. You've only lost once, and it was by majority decision. You avenged the one draw on your record. Do people still sleep on you. This many years into your career? I think so. I think they say uh, I haven't fought anybody, which I fought champions. Uh, that I fought washed up people, but these were guys that, you know, some people looked up to at, at one time. You got to figure, Badu Jack, well, uh, I mean, he beat me by majority decision. Uh, I, I gave him one of the toughest fights he ever had. I, uh, after that, he became multiple world champion. Saki Obika, he went to war with everybody, to Joe Kawasaki, to Andre Ward, and he gave him a tough fight. I think I knocked him down for the second time in his career, which, like I said, one other person has did that. But, I mean, you got Marco Antonio Rubio. You got, I mean, you got a, a lot of, lot of talent that I have fought. And, and I mean, you can sleep on me. I'm, a, I'm fine with that. I'd rather take the uh I'd rather take the riches before the fame. 
Let's talk about this green belt in your lap. How differently do you feel or carry yourself when you're the champ as opposed to when we talk to you? I mean, you don't you don't really carry yourself no different. You're the champion. You accomplish something. You and you look forward to defending. You look forward to being great, and that's what I am. I, I'm looking forward to being great after this fight. And I don't think material things can change the person that you are. You change for the good or for the better, and, and that's what it's about. How have you changed your mind? Uh, I change a lot. I mean, more interviews, traveling a lot more. Uh, I got a, a big team behind me, uh, just doing stuff for my city, for the Flint water crisis, I, I, everything. I mean, I, I think I'm becoming the man that I thought I would be when I was a kid. What changed? What, what, what changed the sort of like to inject you with that maturity? Just knowing that life is short and if you accomplish something as big as I accomplished this then you know you live your life you you enjoy it for that time being and, and don't let nobody tell you that it's not yours or you can't do this or you can't do that because you can and, and, and I'm living proof of that this fight is unique in that like we established you're fighting the former champion who never lost that belt so how much does that change? the mindset that you expect your opponent to have? Uh, it doesn't change the, the mindset. It, it's still, you know, you stick to a game plan that you work on in the gym and you execute that game plan. If you do that, you'll come out victorious at the end of the night. How do your styles, what type of potential does this fight have to be with, with considering this two styles you guys bring in? Uh, like I say, we're, we're both come forward fighters. We're, we're going to fight until one of us go down or until the end of the 12th round. That's how tough we are. We both are. And I know I, I got a little bit more grit in me than he does. But like I said, we'll, we'll see that on September 28th. Styles make fights. If you guys come in with the same mindset to, to, to fight, to, 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 to brawl, to go for it, what's going to separate you? Who's in the better condition? At the end of the day, that's... That's what it all comes down to, especially when you're in a fight like that. If you're fighting and nonstop punching, it's who in a better condition, who can take the shots better, who can last the 12 rounds of, of fighting. Is he more dangerous because he thinks the belt is? No, I don't think so. I'm dangerous too. Uh, people think I can't hit, but I'm, I assure you I can hit. And like the 28th, he'll find out that my punches are not soft. <laughs> Tell me about your history of, of seeing him, of going face to face with him. What's what's it been like between you two? Oh, it's been it's been cordial. It, it, it's been okay, but it's a come fight night. You know, it's a business at the end of the day. I have no no nothing against him, but at the end of the day, I don't like him when I get in that ring. So I, I'm going to. Knock him out. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, but outside the ring, he's a good guy. His family, his family is excellent. We even shook hands at the press conference. It's it's no hard feelings at this point. But when it get in the ring, it's he's trying to take my head off, and I'm trying to take his off. All right, we've you've been through this process before. This face to face, it's your chance before the fight to to really feel out your opponent. What do you hope to happen when you sit across from David? What do you what are you looking to gain from this? You know, uh, you got to win. You got to win somewhere. It got to be 
three wins in, before the fight happened, you know, press conference, weigh-ins, and then the fight. So that's uh that's the three three things that you have to win to 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 even get in his head. You feel like being a, with him being a young guy and with you having the experience that that you can you can break him, you can outguile him, outthink him, and get, get into his head. Definitely, definitely. Uh, he, that that's uh, I think that's what everybody thinks. Uh, that that uh, you know, you got to get into someone's head before, like you say, before you even get in there. But that's what I'm looking for. I'm getting into his head, getting him off his cue to 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 get here. And once I do that, you know, I want to fight before I even got in there. What should fans expect September 28th when you two meet in the ring? A heck of a fight. You uh, you don't got your tickets to the fight. You need to get them. If you can't make it to the fight, order the pay-per-view because this is a main event in itself. The main event is a main event, but we can headline our own card. We're going to be action-packed on this card. All right, Rafe. Uh, strong words there from the dog. He's ready. Yeah. He's at you, the, so, so you, you've he's done in the second two... half. Go ahead. Right. You've had a lot of well, you've had you've been you've been you've done two face to faces with Anthony Durrell. You you're getting to know him a little bit. Tell me, sell me on this because it, look, I'll, I'm gonna be I'll be a little bit of a devil's advocate and a little bit of just like a straight up hater. I I've seen this guy fight. I don't know how many times they all blend together. He, he's not fun to watch. He's a, he's a good, smart, intelligent, skilled boxer. But I, I don't care. I, I'm at I'm at a, I don't care point with this guy. There's a I've seen too much Saki Obika, too much Peribon, too much Jaylian Love. It. I'm 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 out. You know, I, I lost all faith. You're not supposed to meet your heroes. You're not supposed to meet fighters you think you don't like because then you may end up finding out that they're pretty cool dudes. Um, I get why there's just fatigue and people not giving the Durrells their due and and just kind of being done with some of the drama of it. I didn't love Anthony Durrell watching him until I met him. Good ass dude and uh, good family man. And you look back at his resume. Okay, he didn't didn't beat world beaters at sixty eight. A lot of those guys were done at that point. But only has one defeat. Has held the title twice. Can bang if he has to. Can box better than people give him credit. I mean, this is gonna be a tough ass fight for him. He seems to know that. But uh, I think he's had a better career looking back than people realize. But yeah, it's a lot of Bika fights. All right, nothing wrong with that, but you're not getting much bigger than that. But uh, Rafe, okay. Dave, yeah, yeah, you're you're, you're done. No, I'm, I think I'm with it. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there because like one one thing you said there that got me a little, got a little rise out of me. It was like, hmm, maybe this is maybe this is the 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 chance. This is the maybe Darrell is just gonna be like, eff it. I I need to fight my ass off to beat this guy because he's big, young, powerful, scary, and it's the kind of thing where. He could turn me around, make me regret all of my hateration over all these years by putting in a great fight in a winning or losing effort and make me be like, man, I, I, well, I was missing it all along. So I hope it happens. Yeah, I do. I do. Darrell, a good dude, by the way, with the whole Flint water crisis, big in his community there, uh, helping out what's going on there as well. Uh, let's talk to David Benavides. He's, he's been a heck of an early rise there, winning the title very young, a fun fighter. Of course, we know how he lost this title, and now he'll get a chance to fight it again. Let's hear about his preparation and turning his image around ahead of this fight. Enjoy. Uh, David, this is a pretty damn big fight here. Um, 
Whose WBC belt is that? You know, it's my WBC belt. You know, I'm the rightful owner of the belt. But, you know, um, I had a vacated. Anthony Durrell fought Ildrum for it. They fought for the vacant title. So, you know, um, Anthony Durrell is a rightful champion right now, you know. But it's it may, it's going to make it much more sweeter when I go in there and take it from the champion. Can you talk us through the circumstances and how you lost your title? It was, um, you know, it just, I just I, I, uh, came out dirty for, uh, you know, drug um, drug use, you know. Um, I felt like it was a mistake that hurt me even more because it was just the error I made outside the ring that basically took away all my life's work, you know, and everything was taken away in a blink of eye. I don't, I don't mind it now. I've gotten over it, but, you know, it's just it's brought me closer to my father. You know, I, I've learned a lot more life lessons now, so I feel like it's made me more mature. I'm still 22 years old, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I've matured a lot through the past year. You know, we're just ready to go back in there, go to war, get the title back. Uh, would you say you've turned this whole thing into a positive, you turn a negative? Yeah, basically, you know, um, you know, I'm not going to beat myself over about what happened. You know, that was a future. I mean, that was that was the past. The only thing is going on now at the future is I'm, I'm fighting for a world title, you know, you know, so I'm back in the position I left off at. So, you know, I feel like everything is going good. All right, most people don't win a world title at the age you did or come into this pay-per-view co-main event at just 22. What makes you different than other people? What makes me different is, a, is a, the, uh, the velocity, the speed, the power I come in at. You know, um, a lot of people are, are that are my age, you know, they're scared to be at this level. You know, I don't mind this level one bit. I love being right here. I love I loved everything that comes with it. Why aren't you scared at this level? Why is this natural for you to, you know, walk in at 20 and fight for a world title? You know, I've been training my whole life, and I've always, I've always had that thought in my head that I could be world champion. I could have anything in my, I could have anything in life if I train hard enough for it. You know, I've always, I've trained with the best. I've been in there with the best, and you know, I feel like it's just my time to shine. I've been patient. Now it's my time. Is there a, a moment in your backstory, in your youth, in your upbringing, or, or, or something that you feel has prepared you for this life to be a boxing world champion, to be this guy? You know, my whole life has been a fight. You know what I mean? I've been I, when I used to weigh when I when I was fourteen years old, I used to weigh two hundred sixty pounds. Everybody doubted me. The only people that you know had belief in me was my father, my mother, my brother. You know, nobody thought I was ever going to be nothing. Every time I'd go in the gym, people would just laugh at me. You know, saying you're never going to be nothing. You should just give up. You need to tell my father, you know, you're wasting your time with this kid. So, you know, I feel like I've always had to prove everybody wrong. I've always, I've always known I could be a world champion. And I just, I, I worked my ass off to get here and I'm not going to let nobody take it from me. What was the turning point for you in, in shedding the weight and taking this sport seriously? Just everybody laughing at me, you know, everybody telling me I can't be something I know I could be. You know, it's just. I had worked my whole life and for people to actually like treat me like I'm nothing and like, like boxing is not, not, not for me, you know, it just, it just really hurt me. So I feel like, man, we gotta, we gotta show these people what I really am. All right. When, when this episode, you know, when it starts, there's going to be a picture of you. They're going to show highlights of you to get people to be, Oh, I know that guy. Inevitably they're going to show the poor, the, the Vieira knockout or the poor, I mean the, the, um, Medina, Medina, sorry, the Porky Medina knockout. Um, it's like a nine punch knockout. I've never seen anything like it. T tell me about that ending of that fight. You know, the, 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 that fight was so special for me because there was so much on the line. There was a great veteran in the, in the ring with me. Nobody thought I was going to beat, let alone knock out. You know, I trained, I trained my hardest for that fight and I told everybody I was going to knock the guy out. It took the absolute best out of me to come out that night and to knock him out. You know, it was just leading up to that moment. You know, I'm like, 
I was thinking in my head, I'm, I got to make this special. I got to leave a stamp on this fight. And that's exactly what I did. You know, that's a fight that people will be talking about way after I'm retired. You know, it was just a spectacular knockout. You don't see the knockouts like that every day. All right, on the flip side here, who who's Anthony Durrell at age 34? Anthony Durrell is still a rugged, tough veteran. You know, um, he's been in the sport since... Since I was a little kid, he's been professional. I remember watching him when I was a little kid. He's been through a lot of adversity himself, so I respect him in that sense. But you know, I just want to go in there. I want to. I want to tear him apart. You know, I want to show him who I am, and I want him. I want to make him remember me. You know, by dismantling them in the ring. Before his last fight, when he won the vacant title, he was honest with us and said, "You know, retirement could be in the near future for me." When you hear a fighter say that. And yet now he's world champion. Is there something to that negative? You know, I think he's just been in this in, in this in this sport a long time, and he just knows the hard work and dedication it takes to 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 stay in that level. You know, I feel like seeing me, he knows I train this hard. He knows I dedicate myself one hundred percent, so he knows what's coming to him. You know, so I feel like if he, if he says that, you know, he's going to retire after this fight and a couple fights, he knows what's going to happen. I'm gonna win by knockout. I'm gonna take my belt back. Uh, not every fight has to be personal. You don't have to hate each other. What's it? What's it? What's it been like for you guys standing across from each other? You know, negotiating for a fight. What's What's the personal level? You know, um, uh, like I said, every every fight you step into is always personal. You know, it doesn't mean you guys always have to trash talk every time you see each other. I mean, Anthony Durrell has been a gentleman. You know, I have to see him a couple times, so you know, it's not, you know, having that animosity towards each other and wanting to fight each other every time you see him. You know, it's a little, it's a little, it takes a lot of energy, you know, but. Like I said, once I step into that ring, there's going to be no love for one, one another. What triggers for you when you step into that ring and it, and it becomes go time? What changes personally for you? You know, the things that trigger me are the, are the, is the crowd, the music walking in, seeing all the people, the roars, the chanting, fans applauding, you know what I mean? Um, just being in there knowing that it's going to be an amazing night and it's going to be a great night. All the hard work had been done in the gym, so now it's just time to, it's time to show out. All right, Anthony told us he, he expects straight up a, a war and a full-on action fight with you and that it's going to be his stamina that will separate you two. How do you respond to that? Well, we're gonna, we've always been known to have stamina, too. You know, so if he says he has stamina, we're going to have stamina, too. So it's just going to be an all-out war. Can, in your opinion... What ultimately would separate you guys if, if this becomes, a, you know, a type of action fight? I think my age, my, uh, my relentlessness, my body shots, my jabs, head movement, you know, the hunger of wanting to be this world champion again. You know, he's already a champion. I need to go get my belt back. You came back against J. Leon Love a few months back. What were you looking to say with that performance? I was just trying to let everybody know I'm back there. You know, I'm back here. You know, I never left. And, um... I seen an opportunity with the 50,000 people, you know, and I took advantage of that. All right, like Darrell, you come from a boxing family. Are there more similarities and differences between you guys? Um, you know, I really don't know much about him. You know, I feel like uh, I know he has a brother that boxes. I feel like a lot of a lot of the top fighters uh, have a lot of similarities towards each other. You know, all we do is eat, sleep, think, boxing. You know, that's all we do. We breathe boxing. You know, we study boxing. If you want to be the best fighter and you want to be an elite fighter, then all fighters are the same at that level, you know. You're going to get a lot of publicity being at a co-main event for such a big pay-per-view fight. What do you hope people learn about you? 
I just, you know, by the time my by the time my career is done, I just want to let everybody know that I was, uh, you know, I was the best super middleweight of my generation. I want to say, I want people to say that he fought the best and he was the baddest man on the planet at that time. I almost feel like from some of the words you say that like you fight with a chip on your shoulder. Is that something you can identify with? It's, you know, it's, it's, it's always been like that since I was a little kid. You know, I just, I just, a lot of people never really believed in me. You know, the people who have only believed in me were the people close to me. You know, I didn't have a big amateur career. You know, I just had a lot of wars in the gym, you know, and a lot of people never thought I was going to be anything. You know, a lot of people even from my hometown, you know, they just said that, oh, that's Jose Benavidez's little brother. That's all he's going to be. He's never going to make a name for himself. So I've always grown. I've always trained with that hatred and that anger. You know, I just wanted to show everybody who I am. I want to be my own self, and I want to be David Benavidez, and I want people to remember me forever. My final question is, you know, we're going to go face-to-face with Darrell. You're going to be sitting right across from looking him in the eye. To some, this is a fight before the fight. You can you can win this. You can gain something from this. What are you hoping to gain from this experience? I just want, when I sit down and I stare at him face-to-face, I want him to see what he's really going to go up against. He's going to go up against the animal. You know, I'm not going to I'm not gonna back down from him. He's not going to back down from me. But I want him to know that I'm going to be the last man standing. Quick question. Yeah, just a quick question for you. Like, when you were stripped of your belt, you have probably been waiting for this moment on September 28th since that moment, that that's what you were looking for, that opportunity to win your belt back. As you now see all these days have passed, what's on your mind as you think about that moment you were stripped of it and knowing you're back here to get your belt back? I'm just thinking about everything everything everybody said about me. You know, this guy's not going to be nothing. You never will become uh, be where he once was. You know, I've seen this. I've seen this moment in my dreams. You know, I think about it all day, every day. You know, I just I see the glory out there, and I'm gonna go get it. You know, um, I feel like my fans, all the people supporting me, my family. Not only, not only I deserve the belt, but they all deserve the belt. You know, um, and I'm gonna go up there. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna bring it back for my people. I need it. Do you think that you let that down when you were stripped? Oh, of course, you know, of course, a lot of people have believed in me. It wasn't just me that that's what I came to realize that it's not just me out there. It's the people that support me and my family. You know, I just I, I can't I, I have to stop being selfish. Now I have to think about them before I even think about myself, because at the end of the day, they get hurt, too. You know, not me not knowing, you know, what I do has a big effect on everybody. I have to look at the bigger picture now, and it really affects everybody more than myself. You know, I. When I saw your brother fight, Terrence Crawford carried like this swagger that was like, damn, this guy's going to come in here and try to win it. I see that same strat- swagger in you. Where does that come from? It just, you know, um, just knowing in your heart that you're you're the best. You know, a lot of people counted my brother out with Terrence Crawford, and that was probably the hardest fight that Terrence Crawford has ever had. You know, my, uh, uh, my brother got knocked down the last round, but he was fighting the whole fight. You know what I mean? It's just something we, we've... we've We've learned to grow. Uh, we learned to carry with us throughout our whole career. We're not going to. We're not going to come, and we're not going to take no for an answer. We're, if somebody says they're going to beat us, you know, we're not going to take that answer. That's unacceptable. You know, we got a warrior's mentality, and we're going to fight all the way to the end. All right, Rafe. I love me some David Benavidez as a fighter. Punches and bunches, all action, showing you that he's going to have a great career. I mean, there's a lot there to work with, Rafe. I. I guess I'm coming to terms on the mistakes he's made in his life and his understanding of them. And I feel like he's ready to show you how good he can be. And I almost feel like he may end up being just a younger primer version of Darrell in the end. Yes. And look, I don't even, I, 
I'm not even that mad at him, right? I, he, <laughs> he, he, he tested positive for cocaine. Okay, that's not great as a – doesn't say great. That, that's not the best – that's not the number one thing you want to hear about a fighter. It's also not the worst thing I would you could hear about a fighter. Um, he served a suspension until he looks bad in the ring or does something – I don't know. Like I'm just not mad at the guy. Like I'm glad he's back. You're like we I could have been partying a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. You're like, all right, all right, I'm down with that. But uh, there seems to be an edge to the Benavidez that I really like. You know, his brother's tough as balls. Their dad almost starts a lot of fights for them. Just uh, that's why you you got to see. By the way, you got to see Benavidez and Caleb Plant eventually. We got to build to that, and we are, we are, Rafe. So there's a well, big beef there, and that's a great fight. It is, and is the is there beef between David Benavidez and Caleb Plant, or I mean, did it start there, or did it really start with Jose Benavidez getting into it with Plant at that at a gym in Vegas, and then the whole family, you know, of course, of course, now especially with them both being in the championship conversation in the same division, there's going to be I want me some Plant, but that is. Anyway, it's a good fight. I, I'm glad there's some emotions behind it. Uh, Rafe, do you think the yeah. rest of this division is potentially looking at Plant like a Ryan Garcia incorrectly? Oh, I, I think if they're looking at him like uh, a guy who, yeah, who would be as easy to beat for as Ryan Garcia would be to beat for the best guys at 135 pounds, yes, they're making a mistake. Caleb Plant belongs there he's a he great is back very foot. very good yeah great back foot what's game. that great back foot game indeed and and we see he, he can punch a little bit better than we thought in some of those uh, fights he had coming up when he wasn't getting a ton of fans like spectacular stoppages uh putting Uzkategi down twice was, was pretty impressive but uh i think they do kind of dislike him as good as he is caleb plant just has he has that I mean, you you tell me how to use the term, Brian. He has that wrestling heat, right? I mean, you just see him and you're kind of like, I don't like this mother. Like this guy, this pretty, <laughs> he, he's too pretty. He's arrogant. Yes, he, yes. you know, and look, these are all not bad qualities to have for a celebrity athlete or a boxer. But still, just from an observer, you're like, nah, I'm not, I'm not with this. This guy swears, this guy swears he is this stuff. And I want to see someone put some bruises on that pretty face. Indeed. Indeed, Rafe. Uh, we got to get into the weekend. We got to get out of the show. Are you ready to care? I don't know if you're going to care much this weekend. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I will do my best to, uh, to care. All right. It's going to start Thursday night in the zone, Rafe. I think this is one of them Eddie Hearn Italian cards from Florence when Orlando Fiordiglio. Straight from the Duomo. Orlando Fiordiglio will take on Sam Eggington. Didn't he once send Paulie the hail? Ten rounds, sent, junior middleweight. He sent Paulie into boxing retirement before yeah. Paulie came back for bare knuckle boxing glory. Don't be bragging about his side piece, Rafe. Yo, relax. So we had a sound soundboard error there. Uh, all right, Rafe, you're not going to care about that. How about Friday night showbox from Midland, Texas? Michael Duchover against Thomas Matisse. <laughs> Ten. It's got to be Dutch over, right? No, no, Dutch no. Am I trying to book you, that as you bad as I am? To musical youth singing past the Ducci? 
Yeah, yeah. Not a lot. Of, no, no panache there. No panache. Sorry for the uh, soundboard issues. Uh, nobody cares, right? Rafe, but I, I don't know. Do you care? You don't care. I care a little bit. This sounds like a good one on a slow weekend. A good, a show, at least showbox. You can expect to see some, some, some real talent on the screen and, and whether or not it's, it's prime. No, it's not prime, but it's, it's something. I'm with it. You get to, you get to hang with Barry Tompkins and, and Raul Steve Marquez, Barhood. I'm, I'm with that. Yeah. I'm with that team as well. Uh, Friday night, Las Vegas Mayweather promotions, fo- Facebook stream, Lionel Thompson and Scott Sigmund, 10 rounds light heavyweights. Yo, didn't Scott Sigmund fight Roy Jones like a year or two ago? Yeah, he fought Uh, somebody else. Good luck, L Train. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk about that. All right, wow, this weekend blows. Rafe Saturday night, FS1, PBC on FS1 from Bakersfield, California. Can't hate on this fight, Rafe. You can't. Kid Chocolate Peter Quillen against Alfredo Angulo, twelve round super middleweights. It might end up being sloppy. It might be a blowout for the kid. Uh, yeah, and Kulo's way over his head and weight here at 68, Rafe. The weight, yeah, none, none of that sounds good for um, El Perro Angulo. What are you going to do? I don't know. Good for Kid Chocolate. The, the, the Truax fight fell apart. He gets to do this. I, it's weird, man. The, the, the whole – look, I think it's good that – it's good for fighters that PBC has these these – weird side divisions, these almost made-up divisions going with names that used to mean more than they do today, and we're still paying them. I don't know that I, as a fan, really want to see every single one of these fights, but I'm not mad that they exist. Indeed, Rafe, indeed. Uh, What's your favorite Angulo win? Because we know him more for his L's. And of course, the insane heart he showed in round one against, or not sorry, against James Kirkland in general, and how like eventually the husk of him was still out there in that fight trying trying to throw back, he, and he had nothing. Angulo may have shot a load worse <laughs> a than any load. other yes. fighter in the history of mankind did in that first round. He he really really shot the L. But remember when he beat up on that bum Harry Joe Yorgi? In Hartford, <laughs> that Connecticut, that was a funny one. What, it, what was uh, the, that it, was an HBO undercard or something. Yeah, Chad Dawson, Glenn it. Johnson, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! I didn't mean to say yeah. that, that that slander about Harry Joe Yorkie, but uh, he he sent that man <laughs> to hell, Rave. <laughs> Just a good name, Harry Joe Yorkie, too. Yeah. yeah. Is he a Youngstown bloke? I know he's an Ohio guy. Uh, I'm actually trying to research him now, but these this Wi-Fi is never, never. Wants to help me, Rafe. Uh, yeah, Harry Joe. Well, he retired 27-2-2. Last fought in 2014, Rafe. Got KO'd by Jermel Charlo and then stopped there by Angulo. He's, he's, he's very credible, Rafe, in the end, all right? So, very yeah. credible, yeah. He's up there with uh, my guy. What's his name? <laughs> White Delight Mike something? Mike Nichols or whatever his name? Mike Nichols, I think, is like a playwright or something. Yeah. Uh, Co-main event, Chris Colbert, Chris Colbert against Miguel Beltran Jr., 10 rounds lightweights. We're not caring about that. But are you moved by Thomas DeLorme versus Terrell Williams, 10 rounds welterweights, right? No. No, <laughs> I'm not. There's a lot. What is this, like a top, like top 30 welterweights? I don't even know about that anymore, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> we got a Gary Russell brother on the end, Gary Antonio and Gary Anton. So uh, both of them. I like both of them, by the way. I like the Gary Russell brothers. I don't have like a ton yeah, of I, info to there, give you about each one separately, but I've seen them and I like them. I did. Man, there was that graphic. 
that they put out a few week, uh, like a few month, like a month or so ago with like they name they like try <laughs> explaining all the different the differences between the Russells. That was pretty funny. I can't. I, I gotta look it up because this is not this is not helping anyone. But it was it was fantastic. Take my word for it, Brian. Uh, also on Saturday, Mexicali, Mexico, Facebook Watch. Is this a Golden Boy production? Joseph Jojo Diaz Jr. in the main event against Jesus Quadro, 10 rounds, Jr. lightweights. Yeah. You got to stay busy, I guess. I'll what what color is Jojo Diaz's hair these yeah. days? We need to see him against Tevin Farmer, don't we? That would be nice, but I, I I know that you listened to Chris Mannix's podcast with with Lou Bella last week, and it, Lou did not. I mean, he sounded very open to making that fight, but also didn't seem super confident that that was coming as no. fast as we believe but it unhinged should. Unhinged Lou, pre, uh, you know, broken apart from PBC is a great podcast. Great, it is great to have Lou DeBella back on the boxing truth speaker mode because which he had to sort of step back from while he was more of a company man working helping to promote pbc fights in new york for all that time now that now that lou is off the off the leash again we get we get to hear him <laughs> popping off a little bit it, it is know, he fun. did a little bit of tv work that time with epics i thought he was really good in that third man role i'd see lou on tv i mean Epics put put good money in a lot of great broadcasters' pockets. <laughs> yes, uh, indeed. Uh, Saturday in Kempton Park, South Africa. It's a cruiserweight bro- bout, bro. So this is up your alley. Man Kevin Lorena fighting. Kevin Lorena against Sefer Safari Rave. It's oh, surf, surf and Safari so time. In. And uh, yeah, um, no TV, Rafe. No TV. No surprise. Oh. Look, look, they, there may be TV. This guy, have you ever have you seen this guy on Twitter, Tim Hawk? He this guy finds streams on Facebook of like every fight. He's the guy who found the the woman streaming Horn Zarafa from the from the from her seat in the audience. This guy he publishes a list and pins it every week of all the different local Facebook streams to watch crazy terrible Club fights all over the world. It's pretty amazing. I don't know how he does it. Double kebab. Double indeed. All right, that's the show for this week. All right, we don't care much about this weekend. Special thanks to our guests, David Benavidez, the dog, Anthony Durrell. Can't wait for that one. Uh, Rafe, any, you got a story? You got a tidbit, a nugget from your life? Anything, Rafe, you want to share with the people? I, man, my life got nothing going to it right now. I don't know what to tell you, Brian. All right, you you preparing for the Detroit winter? I feel like it's like waiting in line to go to a funeral, right? Well, come on, Brian. You look, it's, it ain't going to be that much worse than Connecticut where you live. Give me a break, right, son. I let my inner uh, yearn for the California shores. Hey, you enjoy your nor'easters out there. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, yeah, special thanks to the Irish crew, the Alex Godinez crew, the ADK crew, all of you out there listening to the show. How are you? How are you feeling, Brian, about your relationship with Tyson Fury after last week? Are you coming? Are you getting back to normal? Are you getting back to baseline? You know, as a fan, even separate from journalism, I was impressed by his performance and happy that he was able to gut it out like that and didn't have it taken from him and kind of had to really earn it. But no, uh, no, you know, not no yet. second chances. There, there may be. I won't. I won't jack on. Rafe, don't bring I'm out. Alright, don't bring your voodoo about this fight not happening in February. It will. Cannot wait for it. 
Wilder Fury 2. Hey, that's the show this week, all right? <laughs> you ain't doing it, so be quiet. Either want to watch it or you don't want to watch it. That's what you should say. Be quiet. Yeah, listen to Stop it. Stop it. Back five, in your box. Five-star review season upon us. Uh, for Ray Bugs, this is BC. Ray, if you want to give him a... We out.